Welcome to Felony Miami, where we have real conversations with real people about the criminal justice system in Los Estados Unidos. The number one call that most cops are afraid to answer is the one for a domestic dispute. Why? Well, because that's when people are at their most vulnerable, emotional, and unpredictable. Why do relationships seem to make some act so crazy, regardless of race, creed, color, or class? It's something many people go through. And if we had the answer, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But one thing we do know is that violence is not the way to solve any problem. Conflict resolution, negotiation, making deals and compromise are all about meeting in the middle, finding some kind of common ground and working from there. When should the system get involved in family matters? And when is it the responsibility of the family and the community? It's all about conversation, and that's what we do here. Where there's injustice for one, there's injustice for all. Welcome to Felony Miami. Let's air it out. Hello and welcome back to Felony Miami. I'm your host, Joe Stone, and on today's program, we have three guests. To my right, we have Dr. B, who is also a contributor and producer here at Felony Miami, one of our returning felons. Thank you for being here today. Hip-hop entrepreneur and a cardiologist. Pleasure to be back. Got a lot on your plate. I yes. love it. Okay. Straight across from me today, we have Poncho, who is one of the hottest upcoming entertainers in South Florida with a growing social media influence and a catalog of hit parody skits and comedy concepts. He's also a very talented and versatile force to be reckoned with. Poncho can also be found on all social media platforms, and he cares deeply about his community and the people in it. So if you see Poncho on the streets, give him, give him a smile and say hello. He's also the creator of uh, uh, character Lock Em Up Chuck, which we hope to see and hear more about in the future. Welcome, you will. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you being here. And to my left, we have Professor Fenton, and she teaches courses in family law, tort, race, uh, and the law, constitutional law, and seminars on critical race, feminism, and women and the law stories and you're a professor at the university of miami that's right the acclaimed thank you very much for having me thank you so much for being here so um one of the things i want to jump into right away is i know that poncho you're going through some stuff right now personally mm-hmm. with family court Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd like you to break that down for us because Dr. B brought this to my attention, and um, it's it's something that a lot of parents and fathers, in particular, I think, are having to uh, deal with. And it's also one of uh, Professor Fenton's specialties. So maybe we can all learn something here today on how to get through this and what it's all about. So what's happening with you? Uh, well, I'm going to court now with my oldest girl mom because um I've been going through like going through where for 8 years. Uh I didn't want to go to go to that point but she had me on child support already and they put me um they made a salary for they me. being the courts. The courts. Okay. Yeah. Um the uh, Department of Revenue. Um they made a um they said I made I think like $50,000 or something 
And then they made my child support $555. And I didn't have a job or nothing. Um, and I was in the in the courtroom. And I told them I don't have a job. I don't have nothing. And then she just she made up all kind of stuff. So I went through that for like eight years. And then I got tired of it because she wouldn't let me see my kid. She... Um, the last straw was drawn. She said she'll call the police and say, I touched my baby because I had her. I got her for one day. She wanted to take her back. I'm like, you're not taking her back. Call the police then. And um, she went to the extreme. I said, you know what? I can't take it no more. Um, I'll see you, see you later. Next time you see me, I'll be in court. And that's what happened. So now I took her to court. Um, we've been going to court for like the, six, You took the, your the, daughter's mother? My kid's mom, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, my child mom. Okay. Um, I took her. And we've been going for like six months now. Um, but she done called me, called she called my lawyer and was like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to go through this no more. Sure. I'm like, no, you put these people in our business. Let's go. Like, let's go. This is what you want. Let's do it. Um, but long story short, I um, went yesterday. They upset me again. But I do have um, time sharing with my kid. I have 37%. So um, now the child, the- 37%. Yeah, who who determines these percentages? How does that work, Professor Fenton? How does do you know how that works? Who determines thirty seven percent? I do I don't, know that. I don't know. In Florida, the standard time sharing is at least forty percent, forty percent for the non custodial parent. Why they came up with thirty seven percent, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. It could be a matter of scheduling or some other factors. Holidays, I, I weekends. Know. Yeah, that's all possible. But yeah. the standard, standard applicable form in Florida is timesharing of at least 40%, 40-60, which isn't always ideal regardless because not everybody has the time to do what they need to do or to ha- spend time with their kids. Sure. But yeah. that's that's the template. That's the standard starting point. So yeah. So you they said, okay, you can have you can have visitation for thirty seven percent of the time and Right. Um and after that, it wasn't even that much at first though. So I had to fight for that. Okay. And um, we went through the whole process. And then we went to court. Yesterday, the Department of Revenue didn't even want to grant that. And she wasn't there. She didn't even come. They, they, she made up a lot of stuff. Um, she had her own place. She had this. She had that. I was like, she's lying. But they don't want to believe me because I'm a guy. And the thing is, I, I suggest all guys... If you don't have the right judge, if you have a judge that's a woman, like for women, you done. But I had a pro-male judge, and my lawyer even told me, she was like, he's pro-male, he's fair. You don't get that too much. And he, he was like, um, the Department of Revenue, they were saying some crazy stuff, and he was like, no. He was like, look, this guy is here. So why is the Department here. of Revenue involved in this? I'm curious. Can you answer that question for me? I really can't. I don't know. Yeah, and she was being like, you so, know. The, so like wait, the bad. Department of Revenue is the arbiter of this? Or they? You mean the Florida Department of Revenue? Like, yeah, the Florida Department of Revenue, but uh, they're the ones that are that are representing your wife? Or are they representing the state? I don't understand why no, they're, they're representing her. She, she, my kid's mom, she's not my wife. Right. <laughs> she, okay. Sorry. She was. She wasn't even there though. Like the address she gave them that she said she pays rent. She's telling them all that it's all a, a game. Who could lie the most? Right. Yeah. So she do said you, she have this. She have that. She have this. Go ahead. If you want to speak, go ahead. Do you know if your uh, 
child's mother is receiving support from the state. She yes, she's uh, um yes, she's that, that's um, why the Department no, of Revenue yes, is involved. But, okay, but thank um, you. but what I learned about it is even my other kids. I'm on child support too, and I didn't know. And I take care of them. I still take care of the one that I even paid for child support. Mm-hmm. Like I take care of my kids, but she was giving me problems outside of that, and I'm paying. So that's why I took her to court. But I'm on um, child support for the other ones. I just found that out by going to court with her. So oh, you're on court ordered child support. You mean yes? Okay. But um, the other cases, they didn't even bring it up yet, but they're back paying me. So mm-hmm. I have a lawyer. My lawyer that I had for this one case, she picked all them cases up, and now we're we're just getting all of them so I can get my life together, you know, and get mm-hmm. like my I want to get my own home, stuff like that. So now we're on top of it. But if I never went, I would have never knew that, and I would have been years going by and would have been back pay. The so debt much, just like up. this case, I'm forty thousand back pay for five hundred dollars, and I you're didn't currently forty thousand dollars. Yeah, in the I've home? been taking it down now, paying it, but paying but you, you know, didn't have. I guess they didn't send the information to a current address or no, and if you don't check no, on it. No, she had me on child support since my child was one. Like, it was a whole thing of, um, she she had asked me to come sign the, the birth certificate. We went through that process. She asked right. me to sign it, but she told me to sign it. And I'm excited because this is my first child. Sure. So I run to sign it all the while. I'm signing it to become on child support. To become a provider. Which you would have done anyway, guess, it sounds like to me, because but you were her, happy to have her a child. intentions wasn't. Was her intentions was child support. Okay. So all this time that I didn't know, yeah. I was getting billed. Billed. So when you sign the birth certificate, yes. you're acknowledging paternity. Right. That's what that I is. I wanted to. And so if someone takes you to court, they don't have to bring you in for a paternity action because you've already acknowledged paternity. So that's how that happened. Right. But what I didn't understand was $550, where do you get that from? How was it calculated? Yeah, and then right. I and then I have homeboys that have three kids. That man, two hundred dollars. Like it's not even a fact of the for my kid, but come on, like this is ridiculous here. Like, and then y'all billing me, like they're billing me without saying anything. If I didn't go to court, I wouldn't even know all of this. So right, you're. It's like yeah, you're I would have been even with my probation. other kids. I would have been going like later on. They would have been looking to take me to jail, and I'm like, hold on, I take care of my kids, but. They're getting Medicaid. You know, food I, I want to stop you right there because that's something that I hear, and it I, I just don't get it. So they want to take you to jail. You just said, All right? Okay, so here they're asking for the the father to to pay the child support, and if they put you in jail, how are you going to work to pay the child support? What is the to, professor? I'm looking at you because I don't even know. Like okay. that makes no sense to me. To anybody, I don't think. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make much sense, I will grant. Um, They don't often take fathers to jail for non-payment to child support. So it's a threat, mostly, what they're doing. They do occasionally take someone to jail for non-payment, but those are the extreme arrears, extreme recidivists, people who don't take care of their kids ever at all. And so... But could it be Part just a mistake also? Like like what Poncho's saying, that yeah. that uh, he didn't be. even know. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But you could also tell them, too, take me to jail. I'll do 90 days. I could, I'll, how much I owe y'all, I'll do 60 days No, in you'll jail. still owe it. You still no, owe the money. Hey, no, but it's people that I know that it's, they, take, they take some of it all by doing the jail time. 
That doesn't make any sense. That either. doesn't, that make, doesn't any. make sense either. Like they it's take you to jail. Like they take it's you to jail because this, the child someone, or the community. Yeah, child support has been ordered. The child still needs to be supported. So someone going to jail does not reduce the amount of money that it takes to raise a child. Right. So that also doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I think child support period don't make no sense. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I see both sides of it. I see your side of it. I see my side of it. I'm somebody who's who's paid child support, and you know when I made the agreements with my ex, uh, we we wrote it all down. We agreed to it. We went to court, and it was supposed to not be through the system. Mm-hmm. And the judge on his own decided, no, it's going through the system. Right. Which at that point, my ex was like pissed. She's like, no, I don't want to have to deal with that system. And friends of mine that work in, in the criminal justice system were like, no, leave it in the system. Pay it on time, and this way you have an actual record of it because the problem is this. There are some people that are deadbeats and don't want to take responsibility for their children or for a lot of things in this right. society, yeah. much less their children. More you than know? you'd think. A lot more than you'd think. So I see both sides of it because, you know what, if a woman is alone with the child that's enough of a burden without having to have money to pay for basic needs. Right. So I get it. And there are a lot of deadbeats. And again, uh, Professor Felton is saying that, that it's a threat, the jail, right? Mostly. I mean, it's a last resort. There are many other ways that the court has to encourage people to pay child support. Such as? Well, they could suspend your driver's license. Another something that doesn't necessarily <laughs> I mean, make sense. What? I paid $550 yeah. right now a month. Yeah. I just you paid can't that get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Or so. they could suspend your um, uh, your passport. Depending on the nature of your work, that could also be a real problem for your work. Sure. Um, they can attach your income tax returns. So Garnish just, your income tax? Can, no, they, well, or they can attach. Attach. And, um, so... Your entire return. So if you're getting a refund from the IRS, that whole thing goes to the state or a large portion of it. And then they distribute it to... Right. Okay. Pay themselves back or they pay for child support with that money. Or, yes, they can garnish your wages. So if you are gainfully employed with some employer, they can garnish your wages. So that's the only person to benefit from it is the state. Right? Because uh, that's like kids need medical; they have to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna take all people people money for that? Like it's ridiculous. In many instances, I think you're you're right. That's not the theory that the state uses when they do what they're doing. So if I back up just a little bit, the state, when it chose to put you in the system, their obligation is to protect all of the children that are within the state of Florida. So they've got ironically my children responsibility parents patriae responsibility. Mm -hmm. So they're responsible to make sure that kids are supported. Whatever happens between couples between the parents, it's still their responsibility. Right. If you've got welfare that comes into the system, somebody receiving money um, from the state, then the state feels like they're the first party who gets money back because they're paying for your kid. So if you start paying child support into the system, they think you should be paying them back 
Oh, so they'll front the money, mm-hmm. is what you're saying? Mm-hmm. But then dad is really the one responsible to to fill those coffers back up? Dad or the non-custodial parent. Because okay. these days, there are women who are also dead. Yeah, because they tried to gun oh, okay. It's they didn't not just it. men. Right? They garnished okay. my bank account. But they sent the letter. God was on my side because they sent the letter out and they closed the, um took all the money out of an account that I had like five years ago. Mm-hmm. There wasn't no money in there. So... They sent that like on a Friday. Mm-hmm. Saturday morning, I went to clear out my other two. The one the money was in, I cleared out. Then I got a letter that Monday saying, well, we garnished that. It wasn't nothing in there neither by now. So I'm like, they got going on. And then that, when I like when I was just looking at it, it's like, it's just so many fees. And I'm like, man, I take care of my child. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that um, if me that the system has, has helped you uh, support your kids or hurt you support it, it your kids? It hurts. Yeah, it hurt. Because at first I was mad. Were you paying child support um, yeah. before um, she she went and got the um, system involved? Were you paying? Were you doing payments? No, I didn't know I was on it. But what he, no, I no, think what Doctor B is saying yeah. is, were you sending her money on a regular basis? I was basis sending her a lot of money. I paid for her birthday. I was sending her like lump somethings of yeah. money. Yeah. And I think she took that to court, like money orders. I was giving her money orders, though, yeah. like because I used to be out of town. Did you keep so. track of that? No. I know because I did. And then when I took it the one time to court, like a few months ago, to do like that's okay. That's a gift, right? Thank you. I mean, anybody that watches Judge Judy knows, you know, that's keep, a gift. keep your paperwork. No, but these judges, right? I, they'll tell you it's a exactly. gift. And then my lawyer oh, even it's said, a gift. "Yeah, my lawyer even said it. She was like, well, she yeah. said it no, makes no sense to take that because she'll tell you it's a gift, and that's just wow. what, that's just what. Like it's bad, man. Like the the male it's a little trickery involved there. Yeah, huh? so that's why my lawyer had my um the case. Like I said, it's been six months. The first three months, it was some lady. She was bad. Now I have the guy when I went. Um, I had the guy yesterday. He's pro male, and that's why she said she had it. And he was like, "Oh, he told the Department of Re- Revenue." It was like, "Well, why are you you being so hard? Why can't you get it over with now?" Because he's here. You sent her a letter. The letter came back, so obviously she don't live there. So why not? Let's just handle this now. She was like, "Well, I don't care if she's here or not. I'm here." And I'm like, "Well, I told. I'm like, what? So what if I wasn't here?" She was like, "They would eat you off." But yeah. You need to show up. Right. Yeah. So what's the difference? She needs to show up. We both human. Yeah, and my concern right. here is is how is how is this affecting the child? Mm-hmm. Is it affecting her bad? Like she wanna be with me. Like she cried so bad when her mom was doing all that extra stuff, man. Like even like now, she know what's going on. She's how old she, is she? She's nine now. Okay. But she know what's going on. She like sure. she, when she when I went and got her. The other day she was like, she said, Daddy, you don't got to worry about mommy no more because I can come with you now because I, I heard my grandma talking and they said, I um, you have time sharing with me, so don't worry about it. Oh, That's yeah. what she said to me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I look at her and like just hug her. You know yeah, what I'm mean? like, sure. Don't worry about it. That's a lot for yeah. a nine-year-old And I was like, when I asked her, say, you want to go back home? She was like, our time not up. I was like, how you know? She was oh. like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. She was like, I don't know, so... You know, yeah. kids know what's going on. And I have girls. Girls kids know what's going girls, on. Yeah, they, yeah. So, Professor uh, Fenton, uh, is there any data that shows any positive or negative effects of, of the system on children? Like, as compared to children who have parents who have split, they worked out an agreement on their own that doesn't involve the system? There is some old social science uh, studies that demonstrate that 
fathers who pay child support are more likely to have a relationship with their kids, and it's always more positive for a child to have a relationship with both parents. The system is supposed to treat the two things separately, that even if you're a total deadbeat, you should still have access to creating and maintaining a relationship with your kid because the psychological effects are that positive. They are that important. But people being human, as you mentioned, don't always do that. They tie the two things together. They're not supposed to. They're really not supposed to. And that's one of the problems that I see with the child support system is that sometimes the anger that comes along with being involved with the system also discourages people from having a relationship with their kids. And one thing has nothing to do with the other. (coughs) It shouldn't. It should not. But I I see what you're saying. I mean, I I can see Poncho's frustration. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I think frustration that goes without some sort of solution turns into anger. And we all know that that's going to get us nowhere. Right. Yeah. You know, that just that's just going to piss off the judge. It's going to piss off the people involved, and, and it gets us nowhere. So, so the idea is to have to be able to have a conversation, which is what we always talk about here, mm-hmm. and that's what yeah. we're all about. Right. So uh, you know, you you know, I don't want to have an Oprah moment here, but <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> if your wife, or I'm sorry, not wife, if the mother of this child is reaching out and saying, "I'm tired," let's just work this out. I I sense your apprehension because you've been burned. Right. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's time to say, okay, let's uh let's see if we can work it out without the system because it seems to me that the system creates such a uh, an incredible amount of adversity and animosity that that it sucks you in and then you get caught up in all this minutia of the system and you're not looking at the important thing here, which is your little girl. But without the system, it's not going to happen because she got Medicaid. She's on housing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't even know if she, if she's, if she's going to have my other kids, mom, they're on housing. So you have them in your business regardless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I even told her this one that I'm going through all this. I was like, I told her I would give her $10,000 to take me off. She had me meet, go to the child support place. She never showed up twice. Oh, you were going to give her a, Another, I was gonna pay another her another gift, month, huh? t- yeah, yeah, $10,000. But she was gonna have to do it first, like take me off first. Oh, so, so she has an option. I didn't realize this. The, the mother has the option of removing you from child support. Yeah, can, yeah. They, they can request it. Or they can sign a letter. They may, the judge may not agree to it. I know this from my own personal experience. It's highly unlikely they'll agree, I'd agree to that. The judge has to say, well, okay. The courts have to agree to it just because she requested. It. It. Yeah, because that's what I was told when I went through this. They said, "Oh, if she writes a letter to the judge, then the judge can look at it and say, okay, we'll take you. You guys are grown ups. You're going to handle it yourselves. No problem. One less thing for us.'" But as as the professor points out, it's highly unlikely because the court has to they focus want on all the child. Their the court is worried <laughs> about the child. First and, priority. And by the way, it doesn't necessarily mean that the children are living in this state because my children were not living in this state when that. That went down. They were living in another state. But if they the were court my, order is out of this state, then the this court state order is was still in this state. But they lived in another state. But we made the divorce in this state, and we made the agreement in this state, so it stays. That's right. Here in Florida, um, and I don't think there's any reciprocity. But it, it turns out that Florida and Texas seem to have very similar systems, and there is some form of reciprocity. There so is. if you needed a modification, for example. You could go into court here. It would be transferred to the court in Texas where the 
presumably the defendant would be, and they could work out the details in Texas right. of what you request. Right. So there right. is some form of reciprocity. Yeah. And in my case, you know, it's it was an agreed amount, and that's that, and and when you know it'll yep. it'll have a termination date. Um, you know, and in your case, um, there must be as well a termination date in nine years. Right. Yes. Yeah. There ain't no telling what these majority. people do now. Eighteen, or if, or if, or, or if, if the m- kid stays in school till nineteen, that is high school. That is high school. Right. So and up or until up until graduating high school. Correct. Correct. Or there's another thing: if they get married. I guess. <laughs> so now you have to or, force or your kid get to get married at sixteen. Right, or emancipated. Or emancipated. That is correct. Yeah. What is it? What is that? That doesn't happen. Uh, that's rare. Sometimes too. it's very rare. Yeah. Sometimes children have such a difficult time with both of their parents that they go to the courts and they ask to be emancipated. And in other words, they ask to be given their own rights at an early age. I, the right. one famous case I know was Drew Barrymore. Yep. She went as, as you or know, as Macaulay a child. Oh, did he also oh, yeah, get emancipated? Yep. Had a very difficult time with both parents. Went to the court and said, "Look, I'm 16 years old. I know how the world works. I got my own money. I got my own yep. place. I yep. want to be emancipated." And the court said, "Yeah, you do. Got your own place. You got your own money. You're an adult. A f- you know, not." And that's the key: have yeah. your own money, have your own place, have to be self-sustaining. Self-sustaining. Like an adult would be. Yeah. Not that automatically that happens when you're 18, but that's for sure. Assume it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean that seems to be an age now, uh, and then the next benchmark is 21. So, right. Yeah. 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 So, so I have another question. I mean, so uh, males tend to view the system negatively, um, and uh, you can see why. Uh, but I, I read in the post, uh, looking at some articles, that the system itself has been over the past 40 years to stop tilting in favor of women and basically it's trying to be more equitable in terms of just focusing on the child and, and um, making sure that both parents have access to the, to the child mm-hmm. as well as you know the, the, the finances are taken care of. Um, can you comment on, on, on the gender equity or lack thereof of the system? Well, I can try. There's, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of history there. Yeah. So there were points in history when the system was skewed in favor of men. Right, because right. men owned their wives and their children. And so when there was a custody battle, the man automatically got custody. That changed to a certain point because there were too many infants, like children under seven, that were being given to dad, and he didn't know what to do with them wow. way in the way back, right? right? There are plenty of men who know how to take care of children today. Yeah. But back then, it was a real problem. Then there was a presumption in favor of mom for a while. Now, during most of this history we're talking, women only really had access to one job. Right. So, and still today, when you talk about pay equity, women are making eighty cents on the dollar for men, and most women end up with custody of their children, all of their children. Worldwide, poverty is with single mothers and their kids, and so it is a real issue. And child support becomes really important. Um, it feels unfair because we are saying men pay, pay, pay. Because for the most part, across history, men have had access to jobs, have had access to the money, and have ex- have had expectations that women would take care of their kids, um, but not necessarily wanting to be with them or take care of them. And then you've got the deadbeat problem. So yeah. equity is all in how you view it and what your personal circumstances are. 
Um, so as pay equity comes around and more women are having access to jobs that men have access to, then not only do we have more women who are deadbeats because they are more men who are single parents taking care of their kids, but it's still skewed. By and large, mostly women keep the kids and take care of them, which is no small picnic either. There's money and there's care. Both are necessary for a child. And so I think if you did a poll, you'd find out that most women also think the system is problematic and skewed against them. And so I don't think anybody likes the system, but here in America, we have both the highest rates of marriage and the highest rates of divorce. And our trending is for isolated individuals who never marry. And one of the other problems in this country is uh, that I see in other nations and other... uh, We don't seem to think of these children as all of our children. I agree. Uh, You know, and a lot of these other uh, nations, they see all of their children as all of their children. Whether it's your child, your child, mom, it doesn't matter because they're all American children here. And uh, I think this country would, would... do much better with all of these issues if we did realize that your child, your child, and your child, and my child, they're all of our children because mm-hmm. they're all going to be the ones that grow up and pay into Social Security so I can get my check at the end of the month. And they're going to hopefully change these rules and these laws. Yeah. Um, so the sooner that we get together and have these conversations with each other, whether we agree or disagree, yeah, the system is kind of crazy. That's one of the reasons we started this program is to have conversations about how screwy this system is and how to make changes in it. So I'm curious, how do we make changes? Because as you said, both sides don't like the system and it is, it's a lot of work and there's a lot of uh, hoops to jump through. So how do we make changes to this system? Is it legislative? Is it, uh, how, how, how do we do that? I think legislation is the last place we want to look for solutions, honestly. Um, One way to look at the law to help people put things in perspective is laws are written in a manner that helps the most people that it can. Or the standard, the garden variety, you know, what you see on TV, for example. So Ozzie Ozzie and Harriet, if you will. So the married couple with 2.4 kids and a dog, Right. right? White couple with money. When they get a divorce... That's what the law is writing towards. In fact, most laws written towards that idealistic norm, which, by the way, we don't have that norm in this nation, never have. It's around 30, maybe 10% of the population fits that ideal, that aspirational ideal, but it's right. never been something that we have all had right. or even significant uh, percentages. But that's how the law is written, to help the base of people, and then everybody else is viewed as an exception, as an exemption, as something slightly different. And so the courts do the best that they can with what they have in front of them and with the evidence that they have in front of them. So when I hear about them talking about the money you pay into the system as a gift, my mind goes instantly to, well, that unfortunately is because there was a court order already out saying you owe child support. So Anything you didn't give to the system, since the order was already existed, existing, they can call a gift, even if you do something for your wow. kid. I know that's crazy, but that yeah, is I how the system works. Yeah, I know you did. 
I'm sorry to hear that I you did. Boxes really. Receipts. Yeah. But prior to an order, it is very smart for anyone paying child support to keep records and receipts of any and everything that they pay. And I still think it's really smart for you to keep records and receipts of anything that you pay into child support because it has to get recognized at some point, even with judges. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, they, you can't have given somebody $10,000 and they say, well, that was just gifts. Well, yeah, it was gifts, money to buy things. I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, to support your child. Listen, we all agree that the system needs some some work, but I don't think that the people in it are completely oblivious. I think, like like Professor was saying, there are certain rules and regulations that restrict or or set guidelines that maybe are the Aussie and Harriet, which uh, for our listeners, that's a TV show from the '60s that was like this, like perfect white family in oh, Middle okay. America. You know, that yeah, sorry was, about yeah. that. <laughs> no worries. Um, but I have a question um, about. Uh, you make, make a yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, have, I have a question about. Um, uh, so, so you talked about it's to like I guess not the lowest common denominator, but the broadest base, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, does it? Do you think that it adversely affects those who are in poverty, or if you're poor, that the system actually uh, negatively impacts you, and can actually perpetuate poverty in a lot of ways? Yes, on both counts, I think that because the way the welfare system works, I already mentioned that the state expects to get their money back when you pay child support in, and they don't pay the full amount that you pay to your child support for your child. They will take some part of that to repay the state. So someone paying child support, say they're ordered to pay $100, maybe your child will see 60, oh, 75. Wow. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm making this up. She said she cost, don't get right? all of it. Like, she yeah. was like, she That's don't right. even get all of it. Because I was, I was like, she asked me, I was like, um, check your card. She was like, oh, they own, they mailed me out a check or something, and they ain't, they ain't give me all of it or something. I was like, no. And then You don't want to put these people in our business. And for men or people who are paying child support who choose to do so outside the system, they're not given credit for it, as you just discovered. So it almost discourages. So if you have zero money, then, and you're still ordered to pay child support, even if you have zero money. So even if it's $20, $25, you're ordered to pay that amount, and it can build up in arrears, which is a mark against your credit, even if you're not thrown in jail. Yeah, it's on my so credit. It, oh, it affects your credit. Yeah, it's on yeah. my credit. I um, oh, my just looked at my credit. Yeah. It, 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 it only affects your credit in a negative way. It doesn't affect it in a positive way. Like, hey, you've made all your child payment supports on time. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. You're 720 now. It's, yeah. Yeah, you don't get that. Yeah, it's so, like, uh, that no, ain't even on that. But it's bad. Yeah. Like, in the, like in the rear, it's on mine. Wow. Yeah. I don't think it could affect you if you're trying to, like, you know. Yeah, what if you try to get out? But. But if that's the only thing you have on there, I don't think it affects you that bad though. Because I just was looking into that. So if you try to get a but it's on there though. It is on there. It's on there. Credit check. Yeah, it's It's on there. But I don't think it affects you if you're trying to like buy a house. It don't affect you at all. I don't know about that. (laughs) No, it doesn't. I'm I'm looking into it now because I'm you know I'm trying to get everything situated. But when I look, I'm like, what? I'm like, man, they all over the place. I'm sick of these people. So you know this this. this whole thing with the child support, you know, just makes me think about the um, the domestic situation in general right. and how these relationships evolve or devolve. And then when you have violence introduced 
domestic violence and how that all plays out um, in our court system and with our police. Yeah, you know, there's a famous case going around right now. Yeah, with the rapper Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've he heard was of it. Charged with domestic violence. Mm. Um, I saw the video. Wife. Oh, you saw the video? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah apparently, there's some video out, but apparently, the, the not the wife, but his the mother of his children claims that right. he uh, punched her and knocked out two of her teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's an issue that's going around now, domestic violence. And so yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, they have a uh, video of it. Yeah, I, I don't know if they have a video of that video. particular incident where the he punching. I didn't see any punching, I don't, but but there is an uh, I guess some evidence fighting. that he has a bit of a temper and uh, they've been together for more than ten years, so this is a long-standing relationship. So there's been stuff that's happened from what I could gather across the entirety of the relationship. Um, but let me just say because I think this is a question on lots of people's minds when you talk about domestic violence. There are lots of relationships, unfortunately, where violence is prevalent and people hit each other. I don't condone any form of violence. I don't think those are healthy relationships at all. But Definitely lots not. of people accept, okay, well, they just hit and they just smack and it's okay. It gets worse. Not so much. Well, it's not so much that it, could, it may get worse. That is true. But the hallmark of domestic violence is that the abuser seeks to control the other party. And so when you've got a control situation, you have the potential for real danger. I don't know if that's what's happening with Fabulous, but, you know, it's something I would worry about because when somebody feels the need to control the other party, if they choose to leave, the other party, the victim chooses to leave, that's when it's most likely that they will be severely hurt or killed. Yeah. Right. And there are studies and lots of cases that demonstrate that that's the case colleague of mine coined this phrase. She calls it separation violence. So it could be as simple as, I'm divorcing you. Uh-oh. Now you're in serious danger. Yeah. Or what I tell my students who want to learn about domestic violence is one of the most prevalent incidents that start the violence is when she gets pregnant. Mm. I know, counterintuitive, right? Because yeah. you think, okay, that's his kid, right? Her attention is now taken away from him. Yeah and is on the kid. She's caring for herself and not paying as much attention to him. And that is too often the very first time when he hits her. And I'm sorry to say he hits her, but it is true that uh, statistically it is more likely that men will hurt women. Men will hurt other men. There are cases, even celebrity cases, of women who are also abusers. So I don't want to say that it's exclusively men. But it is predominantly, predominantly men. men. Yeah, I mean, let's not. I right. mean, I, hats off to you for trying to make it fair there, but let's be real. Numbers yeah. are numbers. I want. I want to take take this conversation on, on a quick tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, how do you feel uh, about corporal punishment and how it factors into domestic violence? Meaning, like beating your kids. Oh. Um, is is. Spankings or beating? I mean, God, that's such like a beating your kids. I mean, placing hands on your kids. Smack on uh, the ass. To to control their behavior. Because because belt comes off. Button. What I've heard is that, you know, the abuser wants to control Mm -hmm. the the other person, right? Right. And parents use that as a tool to control their kids. And so it's not a jump to say, hey, if I control my kids with this, I'll control my, my spouse with this. Mm. Well, the impulse to control is definitely relevant to children because it's far more likely that 
in an abusive home where one of the spouses is being abused, the children are also being abused. That there is a correlation there. You know what? I grew up in in a house where there was no uh, abuse between my, my parents. But when I got out of line... My mom took that belt out and she smacked right. my ass good. And you know what? I didn't do that again. For what it's worth, I now, got spanked too. Yeah, I mean, now Me here's too. the thing. Good. Yeah, but when I had kids, um, honestly, I started with the timeout business. And you know what? Every now and then, they needed a good smack on the ass <laughs> just to wake them up. I'm just saying, and I, it's not like I. Hit my kids regularly, but every now and then you got to. I think I, you know, I I'm just think, saying, you know. I think if um, we're going down this yeah, hole, yeah. Uh, just saying, right, it, got, is, I think, um, it is a rabbit hole. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I think, mean, I think like with my with my girls, <laughs> I haven't beaten them in a long time. But I used to tear their butt up, right? I don't beat them, but now I take their phone, right? I, like any anything like that, like the laptops, all that. I take all that stuff from right. them. But like, I just I don't really think. Whoopings even matter too much no more. No, I agree. I think there's better ways to. I think, and you know, one of the things that I've had this conversation with people is, it a lot of it is about breaking the cycle. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't want to point fingers, but I'm gonna tell you in my daily travels, when I see different sets of parents, black and white, mm-hmm. a lot of times I see the black parents being super physical and aggressive with their kids, mm-hmm. and it's almost uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, like in the grocery line, and you know, then I see the same cohort with white folk, and it's they, there seems to be a different thing. And I'm wondering, like in my own journey with children, I tried to break that cycle. I didn't whip out the belt. I yeah. gave them a smack, but I wasn't about to take a belt out and come after my kid. Right. And then maybe when they have kids, it'll just be the time out or the taking yeah. the phone away, or maybe there'll be something different. But it mm. seems. A lot of this is trying to break the cycle because it looks like to me in the black community that there is a little bit more aggressive, physical aggressiveness. Yeah, we, we actually because that's what we grown up. Yeah, and right. grown up too. But I, I like if you told me when I was a kid you ain't going out the door, that meant a lot to me. You tell a kid you ain't going out the door, nah, all right, okay. Where right, right, matter? because they can sit game. at home and be entertained. They don't even go out the door anyway. If I, I got to make them, y'all get out. <laughs> yeah, like, we used know? to want to be outside. Yeah, it's yeah. not What about, not what like about the no data? More. So we, we could talk in anecdotes all we want, yeah. but um, the question is, does, is that actually a good strategy? To, I mean, well, that's not the question because the original question was pertaining to domestic it's violence, but uh, does kids who are spanked, are, are they better off or worse off than kids who are not spanked? And I think there's a lot of data that indicates that kids who are not um, hit or by their parents actually uh, do a lot better in terms of communication, in terms of behavioral issues, uh, and so on and so forth. But uh, I, I don't have any children, so <laughs> i got to qualify that. <laughs> I don't think I there's just, simple answers yeah. to the question yeah. that you're asking. Yeah. That something that you said earlier I think is really relevant is community norms and how we community understand our, our children. Yeah. We don't do that so much anymore. So there used yeah. to be more community norms when it came to disciplining your children. Yeah. There are places and people where discipline crosses the line yeah. into right. abuse. Yeah. Um, and it can be verbal abuse. Yeah. Yeah. And different communities have different issues. So I've been in the same grocery stores where I don't appreciate the physicality of 
Yeah. Some parents, it's black, uncomfortable, black right? and white. Yeah, yeah and black and white for sure. I yeah. especially yeah. know some kids, and usually it's white kids, who are cursing at their parents. It's crazy. So there's no discipline right. or no attention. So both directions are a problem. That is an extremely astute answer because that's true. Maybe it is attention. But, mm-hmm. but Maybe the it's the desire is, is, for attention. It, well, well, it's discipline, right? So, you know... Um, Corporal punishment is one form of discipline, right? Right, and um, a lot of people conflate. You know, if you're not beating your kids, you're not disciplining them, which, which is not the not the truth. You, there's no. other forms of disciplining your kids without right. raising hands on your kids. And what happens all too often is a lot of parents who don't hit their kids don't do any form of discipline. They're like, you know, do what you want. You know, the world's your oyster. Right. I mean, have fun, and and that's yeah. that's the other extreme that you're you're referring to. I don't condone violence, but yeah. I know when I've had children in my care. Mm-hmm. If a baby is reaching for a hot stove, you're I'm going to smack their hand smack or their hand, butt right. so that they know, they wake up, oh, right. I shouldn't touch that hot stove. Right. So right. you let them know. But once they're old enough to understand, not touching them. Right. But you be different able to use parents your words. do different things as long well, as it's truly discipline and someone's not pulling out the belt and doing weird stuff like making you strip down and beating yeah. the tar out of well, you so I mean, there's bruises all over you because I've heard it all. Yeah, but, no, but, I'm sure. You know, yeah, like, what, what, what's the difference, you know, and this is actually an actual question, but what's the difference between a father hitting his daughter mm-hmm. and uh, a husband hitting his wife? Um, there's a, I think there's a thin line there, and I just wanted to kind of put that out well, there. except mm-hmm. that violence between Partners or spouses is between adults. Right. There should be no form of discipline. But why there. not respect your children as as individuals? Like, I, you don't hit you. I don't think it's a matter of respect or disrespect. I and I, th- <laughs> I hear what both of you are saying yeah. because yes, either extreme is not healthy in anything. In anything yeah. in this world, my, extremes are bad. Something so, in the middle is healthy, and like saying, maybe that smack when they're reaching for the hot stove, and maybe once they're old enough, give me your phone. Yeah. Right, but I do you have don't to get to use the phone. That your wife is not a child. And no, you want to exactly. discipline a grown, a grown person. Yeah, like, yeah. like if, if you, your wife, husband and a wife, uh-huh. father and a child. Or I should say, hopefully, gonna, your wife is gonna, not a child. You're going to discipline your wife. You know, because my wife is no way. You're going to discipline me. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. grown. But, but why but would you <laughs> want to discipline your spouse, yeah, your partner, grown. anyway? You're not a, right. not a person to discipline. So that to argument be. is weird. We need to move away from those ideas of owning your partner. And I think we all do it. When we talk about boyfriends and girlfriends, that's my boyfriend, that's my girlfriend. And they better not. And they better not this because you feel like you own them instead of letting them be a person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a whole another show. Like, but we feel like we own we own our kids. You know, that's my yeah. kid, and 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 no, you and, want and the best for them. Even if there's a fifteen year old girl, right, right, who's in the household and she does something that you disagree with, doesn't mm-hmm. listen to you. Uh, if you hit them, mm-hmm. you're fifteen. You can talk to them. They're 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 right. you know old older. Okay. They, they understand. They mm-hmm. should um, be mature enough. Smacking them, I don't know if that's the best form of. I would agree with that. I don't know. Yeah, I think once somebody gets to an age that you can use words, yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I think putting a a partner in the same category as as a child for corporal punishment, as this tangent that you went off, yeah, yeah, is uh, (laughs) no. But here's here's the beauty of it: it does lead back to what the professor is saying. It's about control. Control, Yeah. yeah, and. As a parent, you do need to have some control over your child. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's your job. As yeah. a partner, it's not about control. 
that's not healthy. It's a partnership. It's yeah. a partnership. That's why the person's your partner. You know, you're not supposed to have control over that person. And listen, that's just a matter, a whole nother show because that's yeah. a matter of yeah, healthy yeah. relationships. Yeah, and that's, yeah. we could do days on that, I'm sure. Because <laughs> it's well, on the domestic <laughs> violence front, yeah. I once yes. knew a man yeah. who would park in the parking lot of his significant other female because she was at work with men. So he had to check her. Mm. So he was that's always there. Crazy. Well, that's you can call it that too. No, but he was trying to control her. He did right. not want her to associate with men. If I got to do all that, that, I do that. I need his. somebody else. Lots of men do that. I, that's my that's my woman. Like, you know, so you're gonna go wait at her job? No, I'm not saying that. Really I would do distressing. that. I'm saying a lot of men view view their their spouse in that way. That's yeah. them, the ones that, that's gonna kill. The just people. to tie it back to the other yes. point that you had raised about fabulous, that was the one thing that concerned me in the reporting is that apparently he first got upset because she didn't tell him she was traveling to the city. To L.A., yeah. And, well, it mm-hmm. set off the bells and whistles in my mind because that means he felt the need to control her. So I am worried about so that So where is Fabulous now? Did he get arrested? Uh, he made bail. Uh, yeah, he, went, he, went he made bail. He didn't spend any time in jail. How yeah. much was his bail? It's a question for our last show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's, uh, but, um, but back to, I guess, domestic violence, because, you know, we, we, we talked about yeah. family court. Mm-hmm. Now we're, t- we're talking about domestic violence court, and, and there's a lot of common threads there because you're dealing mm-hmm. with families and domestic issues. Um, uh, domestic violence court, do, do you feel that that system as, as constructed is, is an effective system that actually um, has the outcomes that we're looking for, which is to decrease violence against women and, and keep families intact and, you know, mitigate issues the law and the legal system can't do it all that's what i was trying to say when you were asking about how do we reform the system we have the society that we have unfortunately so the court system has to work on evidence and so even if they believe you when you come and say them i'm being beat every day the tar out of me if you don't have any means of showing them proving to them whether it's hospital reports police reports or lots of things and People don't always want to do that. They want to protect their families. Especially, unfortunately, black in America, you're not calling the police every time something happens because that invites the police into your home or invites someone who you otherwise love. They might be beating you, but there's love there. You don't want to get them in trouble. And so then there, there might not be a record. And so the courts can only do with what they're given. And so that's not always the way to go. And then the final something I would like to say, since I've got the format for a second, is men are the biggest part of the solution when it comes to domestic violence. Locker rooms, bars, I don't care what, jokes. Tell someone, hey man, that's not cool that you you hit your girlfriend. No, she's really nice. Why did you bruise her up like that? That joke wasn't funny. No, it's not, when's the last time you beat your wife? Because that used to be the joke that was told all the time, right? So, you know, guys, check each other. Because yeah. I can do it till I'm blue in the face. But if we want society to change, we have to change it. Perfect the law example. is only limited. Perfect example. Um, Snapchat. Snapchat mm-hmm. did a joke about Rihanna and Chris Brown, mm-hmm. right? Okay, listen. That's terrible. Now, um, the Kardashian, one of the Kardashian girls, she... Um, Talking about Snapchat or whatever, it didn't matter. Yeah. Rihanna, a, a, a woman of power though, like she she have power. Mm-hmm. 
okay, um, they put out a emoji or whatever you want to do, a joking thing about her. Would you rather punch Rihanna or slap Chris Brown? Rihanna posted the next day, I don't even deal with you guys. I don't even like your app. I don't like this. I don't like that. And y'all want to make something. She wrote a whole book. It'll take another hour for me to yeah. say everything she said. But her point was, whoever, if y'all my followers, delete the app. I'll give it seven hours. They, was, they wrote something. They, was, they already was down eight, 800 million. Mm-hmm. The next morning, they was down like 1.5 billion. Yeah. Then you hear... The Snapchat people come with their comments. Oh, we're sorry, somebody hacked it and did all this, and it was all about domestic violence. So that's the the the, the power that that domestic violence is at right now. Mm-hmm. That she she just said one thing. She made one post, and they lost like one point five, and yeah. probably more than that now. Right. And Snapchat chat lost like one point five billion in a day. Yeah, I mean, you know, Good. for a joke. Professor- the professor is right. It, it, right. It, it, a lot of For this is joke. on the men. Yeah. And if you know in your heart that what somebody else is doing or saying is wrong, you know, it's not it's not an easy thing to do the right thing sometimes. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, context, yeah. yeah, because we all want to have our acceptance and we all want to be, you know, part of and we want to be cool and, and we want to be in with it. And sometimes to stop and say, hey, you know what? That's not cool. But more men need to start doing that. I mean, and you see that this last year with the whole Me Too movement. You see it, uh, you know, tying in with all these things that look, bottom line is men and women, we, we inhabit this earth 50 50. But we're all people, you know, and I said this years ago, you know, there was a time in my life, and this is all cultural, that I honestly did not view women as people too, you know, and I'm saying that out loud, but I had a, a, I had a spiritual awakening and, you know, the, my partner in my life now, my wife, you know, she's a strong, powerful, smart woman and she's people too, you know, and men get that, that, yeah, get that (laughs) through your heads Women are people too. They are not property, and that Respect. is a, yeah, that's a big cultural problem in this country. But men don't no, get that; they don't see. I'm seeing. I look at I things know. totally different than that. My mom did life for us kids. She for murder and everything, right? No, no. I want you to qualify that. Um, uh, my mom, my mom started smoking crack or whatever. Yeah, but my mom made sure her kids like she came to my grandma's house. It's a um a um. A thing the prison had called Angel Tree that they send you gifts on Chris for Christmas. Yeah. Everybody didn't. You had to go through a lot to do it, but everybody didn't do it for their kids. My mom did. But and what happened I, to your mom? But she went. She went because she cooked for us. Um, and on my sister's birthday, she cooked for us, and mm-hmm. she spent all the little money she had to cook food. And I and a guy who she was smoking with broke in the house when she left to come get us. And he broke the house and took all the food. When we got there, it was gone. And my mom didn't play. Like, everybody knows my mom did not play at all. Mm-hmm. But I was a baby, so I didn't understand when she told my grandma, he's going to die when I catch him. And when I catch him, he's going, he's, you know. And then my grandma and my oldest sister, my oldest sister's 40, 44. So they was old enough, and they just bust out crying. And, you know, I was a baby. I didn't understand. Three hours later, boom, 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 boom. Little T done killed eight ball. 
they left me. I was too good. But when I got around there, that's what it is. We got back to my grandma's house. My mom was sitting there. I said, I told you. He's not I'm playing about my kids. She she was sitting in a chair with wiped off the knife and was sitting there and said, I told you Ma was gonna kill him. He took everything that I had for my kids. All I wanted to do was feed my kids. I took that to this day. I love women. Like my girls, I'm giving them the world. That's why I work so hard now. Like without a backbone, without without your backbone, what you gonna do? Yeah. yeah. That's my first thing I tell them, man. Without your backbone, what you're gonna do? Without a strong woman, what are you gonna do? Yeah. It's your choice to pick your woman, though. Yeah. But without them, what you gonna do? So I just feel like ain't no way that I don't even play with people that like I don't care fat, skinny, short, tall. I don't even play with nobody who with me. You're not gonna joke on no woman. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. I think that men forget quite often is we all came from a, a woman, woman. So. and. They, yeah. carry you, they carry you. They carry you. I want to add a whole thing on Instagram about that. Yes. They carry you. A woman, and that's another thing too. I think women are the strongest people on the planet. Because look, what, what are we gonna do? If you if you if you you cut us and we believe it, okay. But try having a baby. Yeah. Try holding the baby for nine months and then having a baby. Yeah. Like, but we we sweat and everything though. Yeah, but I, try doing I, that I, and I, then th- dealing with the yeah, baby. And father. I think this is a big cultural thing in this country, particularly. A lot of it has to do with ego. Both right. sides of it. Right. Yeah. And when I say both sides of it, you know, there's the better than part of the ego and there's the less than part of the ego. And on, honestly, I think it's the less than part of the ego that causes most people problems. Right. Because you start feeling and comparing and you're like, oh, I'm not as good as them. You feel inferior. And then people go on to turn that into anger. And then that anger manifests itself in some kind of violence. Right. or. Right. But it's cultural in this country because we as men... Ozzy and Harriet back to you know that Ozzy and Harriet reference (laughs) it's been drummed into us that women are at home cooking and cleaning and that's just not true anymore yeah and other cultures around the world know this and you know what some are thousands of years behind us you know you look at the you know the Middle Eastern the the Arabs and they got some women just got the right to drive a car there yeah, a lot, of, a lot of places are ahead of us, too. A lot but, of places are um, way ahead of us. Listen, yeah. America is the greatest country on, on the planet. There's no question. We just got a lot that we need yeah. to a straighten lot, out a lot here. Of, a lot of the things uh, in terms of women um, not being valued is, is codified in, in, in our, our history and in, our, mm-hmm. in, our, in the books. Sure. I mean, you, you even look exactly. at religion, you know? Yeah. Women came from our rib, you know? So, uh, you know, that. So it's it's... It's codified there, and it, it's taught, and it's, it's indoctrinated yeah. uh, from day one. And so, it is. Uh, I, I'm, I'm loving what's going on with the with the whole backlash, if you want to frame it that way. I mean, right. um, you know, women are forced Hashtag to be strong. Me too. Yeah, me too. Women are forced to be strong because uh, I love because it. They're, I, they're I'm always position listen. A, a lot times. of countries around the world that have women leaders, yeah. they just do better. Uh, I, I I agree with that. I agree that women have a Again, women are people too. They have the same fears that we do. That they just have a different way of processing certain things than men have. Mm-hmm. And you don't see mass shootings happening by women, Not right? It's men that do that. And and uh, and another thing, um, like women. How, how many how many times? All right, a, a woman. Uh, your your a woman could know this. Know something you're doing and hold it from you, right? You could know that same thing. You ain't gonna hold it for one day. 
And maybe, if you hold it, you're not. No, 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 no. But if it, if I give you a day, I know you want for a week. Or if you you might be one of a kind. Yeah. But how many men that'll hold it? Yeah. It's just I just feel like women are strong, but you know it's it's just me. I just feel like they're strong, like strong. They're strong. So I, I definitely want to get back to um, the domestic violence court and, and its efficacy mm-hmm. in actually uh, doing its job. And so uh, I guess my question to you is, um, you know, if, if a man does beat his wife, right, and um, he really did it, uh, is the system equipped to really deal with that? that does it, does it um, actually help the woman, help the family, or, or does the way the system is set up actually uh, make things worse? Because, you know, at the end of the day, you want to protect the woman from that, that, that perpetrator, right. that man. But once that once they enter the system, what? It really depends. Yeah. So it's another question that's not so easily answered. Yeah. So for some situations, being picked up by the police and put through the system is enough to tell that abuser, stop it. This is embarrassing, and it's a bad thing for you to do. For others, it ratchets them up, yeah. makes them more abusive than they were in the beginning, and then she's in more danger. Um, if you mean, does the system help her to leave him? Sometimes, but not generally. It's an evidence-based system that sometimes they'll give her a card and say, here's a shelter. Shelters are sometimes effective, but in my experience, Everybody knows where the shelters are. Mm-hmm. So how effective is that at hiding and protecting yeah. someone? Yeah. Our families, back to community again, sometimes are less than helpful because they say to her, you need to go back to your husband, yeah. mm-hmm. either because of religion or because of their cultural beliefs or a million other reasons or because they don't have the money to put up her kid and her. And right. so they send her right back. Sure. Yeah into harm's way. And so when people, the most prevalent question people ask when you talk about domestic violence is, why doesn't she just leave? Well, because she might not have the means or, you know, even the people she would otherwise rely on are telling her to go back. And the system's not really helping. Systems, the system of lawyers, not psychiatrists or psychologists or or doctors or social workers. And so if those individuals are there to help, sometimes they help. Um, or if somebody gives you the right card or the right advice at the right moment, then it works. Yeah. Or if it's enough for him to say, I need to stop this. I can't. I love her. I want to stay with her. Or if it's enough for her to say, gee, I love him, but I've got to go. And i got to find a way to protect myself and yeah. maybe my kids too. Then it works. Again, but it comes to means. That's a lot of ifs. Yeah, and it comes to means. Because, yeah. you, you know, you always yeah. hear that same line. The first time uh, he hit me. It was his fault. The second time he hit me, it was my fault. Yeah. Uh, but that's not always that's true. Because yeah. no, I mean it is. But there are so many other circumstances that are attached to yes. that. Yeah. Again, means know. If, you know somebody. Yes, and it's and it's it's abuse. not fair because sometimes you know they just don't have the means to the go. Right? Yeah, and and yeah. I mean besides the actual other hundred different physiological and emotional reasons that people hit each other and go back together. There's like, there's been tons of studies on that. You know, there's like actual like animal instinct stuff in there, you know? And and so that's why a lot of times when people have these uh, horrible physically negative relationships, 
they're drawn back to that person because of something beyond their actual cognitive control. It's mm-hmm. like some deep nature, primitive brain function stuff that just draws you back to that. Situation. Yeah. That. yeah, yeah. It's, some it's, of the research I've done, what has been most effective is shaming, which is shaming. a little odd, but shaming techniques work. So, yeah. like, shaming you know, techniques how, date way back. They sure do. Yeah. And we put in the newspaper all the time, Johns who get picked up, right? Yeah. Why aren't we putting in the newspaper abusers? Yeah. So that the world knows this is an abusive person. So you're an abuser. This guy beat his wife. Or There's somebody, there was listen, a Texas judge so once upon a time. So some of our listeners out there, that's a good idea for you guys to mull around. Maybe you want to start a, a project where you have a nice big billboard there on, uh, on 95. This that's guy is an abuser. This guy beat his wife. Yeah. The same thing that they <laughs> did know, with the jail people. Put them in the newspaper. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just put them all yeah. right there. That's yeah. right. In the store. 99 cent. Yeah. So public shaming <laughs> has been shown to be effective at... Yeah, because yeah, nobody true. wants to be called an abuser. Yeah, right. They just want to be in their community and just like everybody else, that's right. which is why, again, got to say something. That makes yeah. sense, though. That makes a lot of sense what yeah. you said. Yeah. Shame. But another issue... Are, are we, is, is time? Are we no, good. Yeah, another issue that um, I want to try to tease out a little bit is the impact of poverty mm. on um, one's experience with domestic violence court mm. and how having little means... Um, affects you. I mean, and both the sure. ma- male and the female. Yes. Yeah. And this is not a white or black issue. Yeah. This, not at all. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not. not even close. Yeah. Um, but the first issue we just talked about, means to leave, means to get into a different situation, or just the fact of violence in the first place often comes from so many of the stresses that are prevalent in poverty. Yeah. So don't have a job, don't have a good job, so unemployed, underemployed, frustrated at your job, um, don't have the means to get to work because you can't get a car or your car is breaking down all the time. So money creates stress or lack of money creates a whole lot of stress. The place that you're living in creates a whole lot of stress. You're living next door to an axe murderer, it turns out. And so that's a little stressful. You don't want your kids there, and so you're always thinking about it. Or worse yet, you're in a neighborhood where there's, oh, not one, but maybe three or four pedophiles. And so, gee, what am I going to do? Or the food that I have access to is not really that nutritious because all the big grocery stores have the really good food out in the burbs, not in my neighborhood. I've got to go to the bodega, which has five-day-old fruit. So stress... Yeah. is one of the biggest factors um, for domestic violence. Yeah. Job stress is relevant, too. I used to make my students watch the news to get anecdotes of domestic violence, and you could find something every night if you watch the news. Every night there's something that is about domestic violence. You see a workplace shooting, mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, it's a boyfriend and girlfriend or husband and wife who shot at somebody, don't always meet their target, yeah. but it starts with DV. And so it is a problem that we really do need to address because it's all over the place. And the costs are out of control. So a woman who's beat goes to the emergency room. Those are costs, usually to the state. She then misses work the next day, Mm -hmm. absenteeism or late late stuff. And so that affects her job and maybe her paycheck. Mm -hmm. And if she's got kids, that's a little less money for there on the table. And 
it can and then the man too. I mean, it's yes. paying to keep in jail, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if that happens. Yes. I mean, so Absolutely. it is a lot of lost, um, uh, re- you know, money and, and economic, and it breaks up the community, um, yeah. the family yeah. and the community. That's when yeah. people start talking about universal income and and, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, which exactly. I guess they're doing some studies with that in some countries. Um, you know what I'd really love for this country to do? I mean, now that we've had the attempt at universal health care, and I hope it works in some way, someday, yeah. I would really love it if we had universal child care. Yeah. Yeah. That would help a lot if everybody that believed that their percent. kids were safe yeah. well, and they could get a job. I think yeah. once this country starts to treat all of the children as all of our children, yeah. maybe right. we could do that. Not yeah. separating us. Uh, I mean, that would alleviate That'll help. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful. Uh, I think this next generation of kids, uh, I think they're smart. I think that they, um, they're they not haters. Yes. I think a lot of them are colorblind. Yes. And, um, Less ideological. Gender blind. Yes. And I think that so I, I am hopeful. You know, I'm hopeful. And I hope that, that this program can help people have more conversations and give them ideas on ways to affect the change in our community because we all live here together. And before we wrap up, one of the things we like to do here is we like to ask a music question. So today's music question is going to be, what music were you listening to on your way here today? Who was playing in your car or on your phone or on your iPad or whatever it is you consume your music on? Who was playing today? I listened to Tupac. Tupac. Yeah. All right. Um, I listen to Tupac. Classic. Um, Future and the Young Thug song. It's like a mixed CD show. All right. But I have a lot of. I have a lot of. Um, mostly like two, like Tupac. So old school. I, I listen to. I, I don't really listen to a lot of that music. Nah. All right. So old school hip hop. OG. Yeah. And happy birthday. And happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes. All right, <laughs> Professor, who were you listening to on the way over here today? I have to admit that I'm a jazz person. I listen right. to all music, <laughs> so I do do hip-hop and rap okay. all the time. But, well, you know, you when listening I'm to? listening, my favorite is Cassandra Wilson. Oh, all so, right. Yeah. Next level. All right, y'all got some research Cassie, to do out yep. there. Dr. B, who were you listening to oh, on your way here today? <laughs> Come on, yeah. I'm, I'm bumping FDF stuff. Yeah, bumping that project jit, that little Ted, right. that Yogi. All right, that promo, that GG. Promote your own cruise there. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, well, but yeah. I, actually, yeah. I actually do listen to their music, and what I yeah. love most about uh, their music is that it's authentic. Um, yeah, it's, they really describe their circumstances, where they come from, and, and yeah, you can't fake that. No. And, and knowing them, seeing the circ- seeing what they go through, seeing you know one of my artists get get killed. Yeah. People get shot and yeah. then mm-hmm. go in and out of jail. Like I, I really, it really resonates with me. Yeah. So it's 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 next level. Yeah, yeah. Their stories are real. You can't yeah. you can't fake that stuff. Yeah, that's true. And you got an answer too. Oh me? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I had NPR on. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, y'all follow me on Instagram. Puncho P U N C H O underscore Villaggio V I L L A S H I O. Oh, there it is. And I'm on YouTube too. Don't forget to check out FelonyMiami.com. All right, everybody, thank you so much for being here. For the felons and the Felony Miami team, I'm Joe Stone. We'll see you next time. Well,